Alright Ethan and Grunge Bible, I have some good news and some bad news. I'm going to give you the good news first. Are you ready for it? Lay it on me, Chris. The good news is that the Grunge Bible podcast is now officially over one year old, and to celebrate all month long, we've been running a contest. That's some pretty good news, I would say, right? Heck yeah, it is. Really good stuff. Free stuff? Free stuff. Nice. Love that. The bad news is time is running out to join. Um, I don't know who's out there who's been slacking off, but this episode is being released on March 28th, so if you haven't entered yet, you have until the end of the day on March 31st to enter our one-year anniversary Patreon giveaway uh, brought to you by Chris Cafaro, the notable photographer who has photographed damn near everybody on this planet except us. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you haven't entered yet and you still need a refresher, you've been slacking off a little bit, uh, we have partnered with photographer Chris Cafaro to run a giveaway to thank all of the patrons for their support over this last year of podcasting. Um, In case you don't know, we have three tiers on Patreon, and one person from each tier will be selected to win a prize, a print from Chris Cafaro. So the $2 tier, we are giving away a print of Chris Cornell. For the $5 tier, a print of Pearl Jam. And for the $10 tier, a bigger print of Nirvana and an item of your choosing from the Grunge Bible store. So I I noticed my tenor is a little bit different this week as opposed to last week because we're running out of time, and (laughs) the time for lollygagging and... It's things passed. of that nature has passed. So it we got to join up and you got to get in on the fun because the uh, clock's ticking. If you are out there and you've been on the fence about joining and supporting the Grunge Bible podcast, now is the per- perfect opportunity because not only do you get to support us, but do you, you get rewarded almost instantly by being entered to win a print. So if you've been slacking um, and you've been looking for a reason to join, there's no better time than now because... You could win some free shit. And then there's more exclusive content on the Patreon that we're going to be releasing. And of course, you get to support us. And uh, that, should be, that should be all you need, right? That $2 really should be all sh- you need. Sh- yeah, a shitty cup of coffee, $5. I mean, that's find that in your couch. And, you know, $10 is just not buying that, you know, double cheeseburger. From- like not even two packs of cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, cigarettes are expensive these yeah, days. Yeah, I know. The pr- price of the brick going up. <laughs> cigarettes are expensive. Yeah, basically the top tier is the pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Exactly. That's pretty much, we got to rename that. But uh, basically that's what's at stake, everybody. So uh, if you've joined, thank you very much. If you haven't joined, I suggest you get to it because time's running out. (laughs) What do you say we get in the episode, Ethan? Time for the next episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. Coming up. Chris, it's Friday after, it's actually Friday morning, I was going to say it's Friday afternoon, but it's Friday morning, we have our coffee, and we are recording an episode, this is the first time we're able to record uh, like later in the week and have it come out on Monday, so I think we're feeling pretty good. Um, how are the energy levels, how are you feeling today, Chris, at the end of the week? Oh man, I have had a roller coaster of a week, um, not, not in any sort of high stakes way, I've just been either annoyed by things or made happier by things just up and down, up and down the whole week. Frankly, man, I'm just, I'm just ready for this shit to be over. Uh, turn the page, get to a new week. Really? Yeah, well, man. I've had my fill. Dang. Yeah. It sounds like you have had a busy week. Sometimes you have those weeks where they just kind of 
kind of drag on. But, you know, I, I think I texted earlier and I was like, you know, where the hell has March went? It's like, it's March 25th right now. This episode's coming out on the 28th, I think. Yep. So, yeah. like, you know, that's like. Where'd it go? Where did it go? Shoot. Uh, March 28th is our half birthday, as you mentioned in the last Shit, you're episode. Right. Happy half birthday, man. This is coming Happy out. Half- this is a great birthday present. So that means that on Tuesday, you're going to be closer you've ever been to 26, right? Yeah, and you're going to be closer than you've ever been to, to 28. To 28. Which is weird. I feel like 20, you know, I'm officially, uh, yeah. Who knows weird. where the time goes? Yeah, man, it's kind of kind of strange. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I've had, I think I'm maybe opposite to you, I've had a pretty good week. Um, Makes one of us. Mainly because, yeah, I competed last week. I competed well. Um, and then yeah, I compete. Did. And I compete tomorrow, so I took this week off. I, I worked twice this week and did a lot of other stuff throughout, but it wasn't like a strenuous, uh, too strenuous of a work week. And um, it's been good because my my yeah my spirits have been have been high, so um, it's been pretty solid. I just can't believe that March is like gone. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I, I mean, time moves the same as as it always does. So. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing pretty good, and I, I enjoy uh, a morning podcast. We'll be able to knock this out, and then we'll be able to have, you know, we'll have we get today, and then we get tomorrow too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is uh, this is the best of all as worlds, we like to if you say about it. Uh, so this episode, we are going to kind of go through and talk about some of the grunge supergroups and some of the some of the bands that we love that formed from other bands, and honestly, just the craziness that is Seattle music scene in the 90s i mean pretty much you could you could justify every band being a super group and i think we'll get into that because pretty much it all yeah it's all kind of exploded from the early few bands and mother love blown and whatnot so we're going to get into that but before i think we should thank our patrons um because without them we would be nothing and um as you guys heard we have a awesome giveaway from anybody that is joined into the patreon and i believe we have 43 members is that right chris 43 43 members now yes so this thing is a success. We've grown a few people. That's incredible. We're really excited about that. Um, and of course, you guys already know, if you haven't already, join, support, because why not? You guys like Grunge Bible. You have to if you're listening. And for the next couple of days, you can still win some free shit. So, I mean, that's double the incentive. Yeah. But um, make, it, make it count. Yeah. And I think, Ethan, I think we're setting a PR this week for the number of times that we get to ring the bell. There are five new individuals uh, that we can ring the bell for. And like you said... Um, without the patrons, we'd be nothing. I mean, with, with them, <laughs> we're really not too much either, but we're something and that's, what's important. And, um, yeah. that something is, is brought to you by, uh, our Patreon, uh, supporters. So this week we have, uh, three new members of the $5 tier who I would like to thank. Uh, they're getting in on their, their chance to win that Pearl Jam print from Chris Cafaro. Um, and those individuals that we would like to thank today are Debbie Sutton, Lauren Jordan, and Kaylee Miller. So to Debbie, Lauren, and Kaylee, thank you very much. Um, Additionally, we have uh, two new members of the $10 tier that we get to ring the bell this week and hopefully every single week uh, from here on out. And uh, today we would like to thank Chris. Not It's not me. It's K-R-I-S. I didn't, I didn't hop in the contest here a little bit, but uh, we'd like to thank Chris. We would also like to thank an individual that has been chosen to uh, be recognized by the name Black Hole Sean. Uh, so <laughs> Black Hole Sean has arrived and <laughs> hopefully he's going to wash away the rain because there's been a lot of that lately. So to Chris amazing. and to Black Hole Sean, thank you so much. And uh, those two individuals will join the following roster of top tier patrons that make the world, the Grunge Bible world, go round in one harmonious circle. 
And those individuals are Kara Kay, the Blue Owl, Victor Schaefer, Jade Mercado, Doug Endy, Wayne Staley, Release, Millie, Rachel Corning, Fuck Soup, Alexis Shannon, Jamie Lynn, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, our number one fan from Australia, Kayla Jean, Millie, Marianne, Sue, Sonny Mashburn, Shannon Gorgon, Laura Nyreen, and Nikki Six. So to all of you out there, thank you very much. And um, yeah. We wouldn't be anything without you. We're not much with you, but here we are. Here we are, dude. We, um, man, yeah, that's awesome. That's a lot. And I have to say, so, um, as, as the person who reads this list, I find it very important to always be switching up the order that I read them in. Um, because you know, you got to spread the love around. I mean, maybe some people like being the line leader. Some people like bringing up the back. So, you know, the last shall be first and the first shall be last kind of thing. Uh, I like to where, uh, get where some would of that you, going uh, on. Where would you want to be said? Your oh, name man. Said? Well, I, I would definitely go under a pseudonym. I don't know what I would go under, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, it'd be you cool definitely to be would front. go under a pseudonym? I think I would. Here's the thing, Ethan. Everybody who says they don't want to be first is lying. I think, I mean, yeah. I think, I'd, want to be I think leading, I'd want to be leading the line. I don't know. My, my initial reaction was I like the anticipation of like, when's my name going to be said? That's and true. Yeah. So you don't, so, yeah, you kind of build that up. Even though you longer. do know it's going to be said, but there's kind of like a nice thing like. You don't know when. Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Exactly. Um, side note, before we really get into the episode, I just want to say that um, I, I do this podcast that I'm using a gamer chair. And for some reason, the way the thing is set up, like I always get up in my back <laughs> fucking hurts afterwards <laughs> you're like Dude, a curled you guys, up eel or something <laughs> I, i'm sure you feel this i mean maybe you feel the same way but if you guys are out there and you guys got awesome podcast chairs send them our way because yeah, we these need things some suck <laughs> these things our suck. microphones man this all sucks this is a shitty yeah, I need shitty infrastructure for a shitty podcast yeah. if you're if you're into lighting and you guys want to sponsor and and be a part of garage Bible podcast send them some dope lights because these suck <laughs> This is terrible. These We're having a terrible. horrible time. We want to up our YouTube game, but we can't because everything we have sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Including our personalities. Those are shit, too. <laughs> Including our faces. They suck. It's absolutely terrible. No they good, say we man. Have, yeah, they say we have good face for radio, so. Yeah. We've got great podcast faces. Yeah. That's All right, sad. I just wanted to get that out. I thought it was yeah, funny. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's very, very important. So I, Ethan, I never know because I want to like sit back, but then I'm way out of yeah, frame. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't do that. Exactly. So I'm always, I'm always kind of hunched over like this. Yeah, I had... I, had I, need, a, I need a hardback chair. No, I need, yeah. I need, we, need, we need mics. We need, like, you need some support. We need, yeah, we need the mic. We, we need, need the we mic need set up. Um, I'll tell you, I had the shittiest chair in the world um, for several months. And, and around <laughs> Christmas time, I upgraded to, to this bad boy back here. And uh, it's, it's been oh, yeah. doing me proud. I feel... Feel nice and anchored in. It's not not too high, not too low. There's a sufficient amount of support. I got I got armrests too, which is yeah. I mean, arm armrests are fucking. I mean, you need yeah. those. Those are important. Yeah, yeah. You're always so, in good good framing, which is yeah. Good. I feel I feel probably more locked in than you do. So, what are you gonna do? I guess get what a new chair. Do? I need a new, I need that chair you got. Yeah, Send I mean, I, I sat in that chair a couple of weeks ago. You're right, man. It it, it kind of sucks. Just gets old after 20 minutes, you know. Yeah. All right. Grunge Bible supergroups. Supergroups. I have a disclaimer that I need to make. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. This episode is for everybody that hates us because you're if, if you hate us or if you're looking for a reason to hate us, this is the episode because um, we're just basically going to supply you with fodder for being able to call us posers um, because inevitably we're going to miss and we're going to skip a lot of people. And there's probably a lot of, lot of shit out there that we just plain don't know about. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, I wasn't alive when any of this happened. And well, 
Yeah. Yeah, and this is the subject that, like, when you look into it, so how deep can like you go? Seattle? Well, yeah, like, what is a supergroup? And and because all these bands like played with each other and were friends, and it's I feel like it's one of those things where living through it and seeing people like collab and work together would be so much easier. You get the timelines right, like because it was all so similar and so closely knit. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say that I said in the beginning, like, I, I think, sadly, the fact that we lost um, and, and Andy Wood was a reason for a lot of these bands to even have a chance to become, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a large element of that, for sure. That kicked off the whole, you know, the whole scene and stuff, because people could, you know, yeah, join. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, there was such a fraternal element of the music scene that was going on, and, and so much of it happened before. Um, I think outside forces came in and it attempted to one label what was going on and two profit off of it. It just seemed like people just played music together. So there's these, were they side projects? Were they not? Were they just a bunch of people getting together playing music? I mean, what, what was it? And, and, and much like what my perception of grunge is, you know, it ebbs and flows. I mean, obviously grunge, just mud honey, but I mean, in terms right. of super groups, people collab, obviously. people. I mean, they were all their individual things, so you can't really label them as like this was a I mean, grunge supergroup, this was a whatever supergroup. I mean, and it doesn't matter, man. I mean, case in point, like is is Pearl Jam a supergroup? Right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we have a super we group? got we got like there's members of Soundgarden and, and Mother Love Boat, and then the you know and Green Eddie, Eddie Vedder, I mean, yeah, on. Green River, and, yeah, yeah. So like, there's like four bands right there. So is Pearl Jam the greatest because they have the longest tenure? Like, right. Maybe these these questions are are very very difficult to answer and and here's the thing, we're not we're not going to answer them. <laughs> no. So how do you how do you how would you describe a supergroup, Chris? How I would describe a supergroup: um, one person from well, at least one person from one band and another person from another band <laughs> walk into the same room and pick up some sort of musical instrument, then <laughs> boom, you got a supergroup. That's it. It's as simple as that. Because I, don't, I, don't I mean, care. almost all these. You know? I mean, like every famous band. Then it's like, all just is, one supergroup. Well, it's not their first band. Like, there's very few no. people that it's their first band that they right. played in. That's it's just that's very rare because of the underground nature of this scene. Yeah, and people were collaborating. There were people in and out. I mean, there was a revolving door at, on atop the drum kit of Pearl Jam for forever. Right, I mean, and then same thing with the bassist and sound guard. I mean, there's just a lot of. And really, like, I mean, Matt Cameron is the longest tenured drum, uh, drummer for Pearl Jam, and he's, you know... Yeah, and, and he, was, he was, like, he was the fifth drummer, I think. And he, yeah. didn't come, he didn't come to Pearl Jam until 1998. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely... Um, my barometer for what's a super group or what is, um, you know, kosher to talk about here today is much like my barometer for what I'm allowed to post or what I allow myself to post on the pages, which is... You don't, I don't really think too much about it. If 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 I dig it, it's cool. And and I think um, one way I like to think about it too. Like if you if if you spend any amount of your time trying to figure out what to label something, you've already missed the point. Um, you just gotta you just gotta take it for what it is and enjoy it. But at least within this genre, this scene, there's certainly you know a few large groups that right you have to you have to talk about when you're talking about the the super groups. Yep. Number one being Foo Fighters, right? Oh, I was going to ask you, do you consider the Foo Fighters to be a supergroup? Well, it's interesting because they kind of are. I mean, I mean, Dave Grohl, obviously, it was his second band. And Dave Grohl went to be in like 
five like significant he, he, he's, like he's bands. been in everything he's, he's been in absolutely everything the original members of the foo fighters you know got dave grohl then you actually have two guys from sunny day real estate i don't know if yes. you knew that and then I pat, love sunny day pat, real estate. pat smear so and then you have taylor hawkins who is the drummer for um alanis morissette so yeah that's at least you know Three, I mean, Pat, four Pat big in bands. the fucking germs. The man. germs, I know. I mean, Pat Smears in the germs. So you got four bands that are pretty, like, really big, and I think that I'm sure that there's a definition for supergroup out there, and you have to have sold a certain a certain amount of whatever yeah, to be fuck that though. Who cares, yeah, to be right? the next level. But like, you know, Dave Grohl coming from Nirvana is pretty significant, or the other bands totally. that we're going to talk talk about, like, you know, and they've already had projects that are super successful. So I don't know. I found that interesting, you know, and I was thinking about it and looking at the members of Foo Fighters because yeah, I mean, they're a band that kind of spawned off of um, another band ending, um, which is a lot of uh, what happened in the early years of. Uh, you know, the scene. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's, it's not a super group. It's just it's just the Foo Fighters at this right, point. It's just, it's just the Foo Fighters. But no, but you're totally right in the sense that I think most of these projects we're going to talk about today were spawned out of the end of one or two or sometimes even three bands. And, and obviously you have to you could start at the beginning with Temple of the Dog coming uh, as a as a tribute uh, to Andrew Wood of Mother Love Bone. So, right. Um, as as we know, or as we might not know, uh, Chris Cornell and Andrew Andrew Wood were roommates for a time uh, prior to his death, uh, prior to Andrew's death, and um, you know Chris wanted to get have an outlet to mourn the loss of his friend, so he you know he recruited Jeff Amon and Stone Gossard, who were in Mother Love Bone, and uh, a young up and coming Mike McCready, as well as uh, Soundgarden's drummer Matt Cameron, and some surf bum from San Diego named Eddie Vedder. Uh, and they got together. I believe originally they were only going to cut a couple of songs, but then it came into the album, obviously. And um, I mean, that was it, it's strange, too, because we retro retroactively refer to them and rightfully so as a super group. I mean, the amount of talent and success that is that is comprised in that band or that that band is comprised of is massive. But at the time, I mean, Soundgarden had done louder than love in 89. And this is pre bad motor finger pre 10 um basically it was the explosion i think of 10 that got temple of the dog and hunger strike back into the charts so um but i mean for the sake of this conversation there's certainly a super group but temple of the dog is in that album is one of those albums that when i listen to i have that thought in my head like oh shoot i should listen to this more often because yeah. i do enjoy it but i just i just don't get around to it sometimes but yeah. it's 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 really really incredible especially once i learned the story of andrew wood and the story of of why the temple of the dog project came to be it, it definitely added a lot more weight to a lot of those songs obviously i mean say hello to mm -hmm. heaven in and of itself is yeah just unbelievable yeah i think that's a really good point about um how we kind of forget and maybe overlook these albums i know now, not to get uh, not to get ahead, but same with Mad Seasons. I think the the fact that they only had one album um, together dropped. Um, it kind of makes their library smaller and easier to kind of look over. I mean, there's just you know twelve songs for each of them, or however however long, ten songs for Temple, and I'm not sure how how many for Mad Season. But you know the albums are just smaller, so I think that you know it's just easier to for you know miss them at times yeah, but it is yeah, a good yeah. it is always fun to come back because you feel like you're like oh like here we go again i get to experience this one more time yeah and and some of these albums and some of these groups i think um i discovered them as a curiosity of sorts because i was a fan of a lot of the bands that they were a part of and 
I still remember like when you put the the wires together of you know who's in Mad Season and oh that's Mike McCready and Barrett Martin from the Trees and Lane and yeah. uh, Baker Saunders um you know who was in there as well and 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 just to kind of since you brought it up to talk about Mad Season I they might be my favorite one um yeah especially as of late just having um having spent more time listening to their music and and I think the um I don't know it's just uh it there that project is super super weighty to me because um just to give a little bit of the background if if people don't know so Mike McCready and and, and Baker Saunders who was the bassist um they actually had met in rehab um and they went to rehab in Minnesota and and they wanted to make some music together mm-hmm. when they had gotten out and they had achieved sobriety at that time and and they got Barrett Martin from the trees to to hop in the band and 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 I believe he was he was also a, a sober musician i don't know that he had struggled with addiction um and and i remember mike had done a lot of press i think on the 20th anniversary of this album and and he had said that he had really hoped that lane staley playing with three other musicians who were sober would would help him to um to find a path to sobriety and and i and mike had remarked that looking back it seemed really naive of him to think that which i think is undoubtedly true because of how powerful and complex addiction can be but that that whole that whole album is just it's just so sad to me because um i mean you have lane who passed um you know due to his addictions and and baker saunders also passed because of his addictions as well and it's just i mean any single album or any single music group that produces something like river of deceit is bound to be a little bit more melancholy i think than others and and Another part too. I mean, still, I think it's it's been it's been a month and a day uh, at the time we're recording this since Mark Lanigan passed away, and and uh, you know he was featured on that record on Long Gone Day, and I just think um, there's a little anecdote for basically Lane and Mark went into the studio one day for an hour, and they just wrote Lane wrote a line, and then Mark wrote a line, and they finished Long Gone Day like that in like half an hour, and that was the song, and just. I mean, obviously, Mark, with what he struggled with and, and the fact that he's no longer here either, it's just, I, I, I think it's the same thing like Temple of the Dog. You retroactively, your retroactive opinions or look at these bands changes how you view them. And certainly for me, having not discovered them until half of their lineup had passed away, it definitely adds a little bit of a different perspective for me. But I mean, Mad Season, I, I love, I love, I love the above album so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has it has a lot of. I really I think wake up might be my favorite. Um, it's just a, that one too. I a mean, long slow build. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what they're talking about in that, you know, it's just what what Lane was able to write about in that group as he did throughout his entire career. But that album, there's just some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff on there, which is obviously knowing what we know and mm-hmm. knowing what they knew then because his his struggles were. Uh, public public information by that point um it's just it, it's so sad too that a lot of these groups you you and a lot of these musicians their their work wasn't exhausted before their lives were which is something that we spoke about when mark lanigan passed away um and and i think mad seasons a band like that i think they had plans or they had aspirations to record a follow-up album to um to above and they never did because of right. the condition of right some of the band members and when when they passed away i mean that pretty much put a lid on it yeah, I really enjoy I, I really enjoy their uh, album artwork on that one too. It's an yeah. iconic. Uh, it's a lame more piece. I, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one. Yeah, it's one of the more iconic uh, albums I feel from that era. Like people, people know it. People, you know, that really like it. I've seen it tattooed on people. You know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, that one's super cool. And yeah, yeah probably um, gonna listen to that. Probably gonna listen to them a little bit more today. I was listening to that before we got on here, and, and uh, I'll probably go back to it after. Totally, and and I put that in the same neighborhood as a lot of Alice's stuff in the sense that. I, I try to stay away from spending too much time consecutively uh, listening to their music because yeah. it just has this way of putting, putting me in, in, in this little bit of a darker mood. And, and they had released. Um, yeah. Lane's some, voice is very yeah. like when he holds yeah. out notes, it's different than when like Eddie holds out notes and how mm-hmm. those things bring, bring you to places. Yeah. Well, even um, all alone, there's, there's yeah. virtually no lyrics to that. It's just, we're all alone. And yeah. I, I've had a lot of experiences listening right. to that song. And <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's a heavy one. And even um, they had, they had, uh, in 2013, they released the deluxe version and, and Mark Lanigan actually mm-hmm. contributed some vocals to some tracks that were unfinished. And there's one called Black Book of Fear uh, that Mark wrote on uh, retroactively and, and they released in 2013. And that one's, that's another one that I, I think one year it was my, uh, it was my most listened to song on Spotify, which if that's really? any indication of how my year went, I guess it wasn't a great year, but uh, yeah, it's just um, that, that, that group, uh, all parts of it just seemed to be for me too heavy to spend tons of time listening to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that um, maybe it's a good thing that they have just the one, the one album that we can, you know, covet i guess and kind of go back when we're ready and uh yeah. have it have it um yeah be an experience yeah. each time but yeah the time the time always comes around again um and it's and it's sad too because even um the next band that i wanted to bring up is is a little bit i think it's one more standard deviation away from the genre of grunge as we like to call it but even still looking back at this one um it's changed um in the way that I look at a band like Audio Slave now, knowing you know that Chris Cornell's passed away too, and I know that the band had broken up um, before um, before he had passed away, but I mean that's another one. I, what you know yep. about how one of the members or multiple members' lives ended, it just kind of changes the way you look at it. But I mean, Audio Slave was such a fucking powerful group, and like you said at this the beginning, one, yeah, yeah, like this Rage one took- ends, Soundgarden ends, and then boom, you just you have Audio Slave, which is. And this one had the most most momentum, obviously. I mean, they had what four or five albums at least. They, they, but their they had first three one, that they released, but their first one in O two, their yeah. uh, the audio Un- sleeve self titled Unreal, Unreal. The yeah. the stuff that they have on that album. I mean, some of some people probably know. I mean, I mean, some people probably know Chris Cornell as Audio Slave more than they know Soundgarden, honestly. Because yes. this I've was had, I've had a lot of conversations with people who are maybe right. about ten years older than you and I. Yeah. And they were they were in high school or they were in seventh grade or whatever when Audio Slave dropped, and it's kind of like a catalyst yeah, for them. It's kind of like I mean, it's a little different because he's the main singer, but it's like Foo Fighters and, and Nirvana, like exactly. with Dave Grohl. Like I didn't know that Dave Grohl was. I knew Dave Grohl from Nirvana. I mean, I'm shoot, I'm messing up. I knew Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters before I knew that he was in Nirvana. <laughs> Wait like, a minute, yeah, the too, drummer, the drummer exactly. for Nirvana is the lead <laughs> like, singer. How does that work? <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same thing. There was a lot of people out there that probably they had heard Audio Slave, and then boom, they get to explore these two 
incredible but entirely different bands um yeah, I mean, we could do get, a whole we could do a you, whole episode on this album yeah. <laughs> Easy, and, and you know? i'm sure we will i mean just just <laughs> we from, should, just we from should. the start with coach eyes and then show me how to live i mean this is just gasoline dude this I is just adrenaline pumper after adrenaline pumper and set it i off. have yeah i mean come on with all light my way um <laughs> the only the only one that's like a little slower is like i am the highway and, and that, that one's like one of their big ballad it's and everybody knows that song yeah yeah everybody knows that one i mean that first album was just unbelievable i mean and they didn't they An didn't hour really... and five minutes of just bang yeah, just badassery and in three years later when when they released out of exile i mean they had mm-hmm. they made themselves such a tough act to follow with that first album and, and out of exiles is incredible too i mean with be yourself doesn't remind me mm-hmm. um you know, man or animal, the curse, which is such a great ballad. I think a lot of people tend to overlook that one. Um, but I mean, their entire discography was just super, super awesome. And in their last album that came out in 06, they've got Revelations and another favorite of mine, The Shape of Things to Come. And um, I don't know, this this album is just, it, it's, it's crazy that those those two elements of Rage Against the Machine and Chris Cornell uh, fit, fit so together well. so so well i mean i love so tom well. morello i love the the rhythm section of audio slave and and you know you have wilk and comerford going at it there on yeah. the um on on the drums on the bass and everything like that and oh, I, I just think too sleep <laughs> oh my god that w- w- could you imagine how much time you think that took? i remember first seeing that and being like is that a tattoo or is that a shirt and then just being like oh my gosh like <laughs> yeah brad brad wilk it's just like a, yeah because there's the um there's the iconic the opening there's i think is the first live engagement they ever played uh on letterman on top of the uh radio city marquee yep. and Beautiful, and um, yeah. and and wilk's up there shirtless and i remember watching that i was like holy shit like this guy's mm. this guy's yeah. whole arm is tattooed like there's no skin there's no skin showing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's uh, not for me but anybody that uh anybody that wants it you you go ahead i mean that's i, was, I, I, I like was, tattoos yeah i but. was surprised i was like oh my gosh but yeah. um but it just goes i mean all those guys are 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 players in that band they're all memorable and like i think that they did a great that that was that was a great super group yeah i mean that was just because not all that was not just all, great fucking rock music yeah it yeah so it really good. was i was yeah, gonna say because that's a great supergroup because not all supergroups really uh, scratch our itch, and there's a few that <laughs> they certainly don't. And this there's is where uh, <laughs> we might we might end up picking some fights. So my one my one request that if uh, if you don't like this episode, um, don't hold back. Please let us know and just tear us apart and make fun of us um, in an email or in a comment or something because uh, that it makes might be us warranted. better. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This, I mean, that, this that, negative yeah. energy only makes me stronger, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so so where should we start? Because there's there's two notable supergroups that I think we we have to talk about. Both of which, um, well, neither of which really do it for me. But yeah, where, where, where do you want to start? I think I think we. I mean, I don't know. There's there's <laughs> neither of them are just. I think we should start with Queens. I think Queens, Queens probably probably have a little bit. I don't know. Do you, are you more partial to the Queens or? I don't know that I can I answer that. <laughs> I, all right, yeah, I'll be I'll be quite frank. I really don't listen to Queens of the Stone Age, or the other one is going to be Velvet Revolver, and neither of them, neither of them really do it for me. And I'm not quite sure why. I just think it's just rock music that I I'd rather go other places for. And I don't know. Yes. I'm not I'm not I'm not jacked up about it. But 
Yeah. What do you have no, to I, say? I know, I know, you, I know you have a. So I think um, we were talking about this before we we came on here today. But I think if there's one group or musician or band, just musical entity that since we started this page six years and one month ago, people have incessantly told us to listen to and to check out, and they would tell us that oh, you'll love it. It would be Queens of the Stone Age and. I have very um, intermittently checked out their music, and I just, I just don't love it that much. Um, I guess I like I like Rated R, um, their second album, but I think that's primarily because Mark Lanigan contributed to it. Right. Um, I don't know, like Queens of the Stone Age. Everyone goes nuts because Dave Grohl played in them for a little I bit. Say, I, I love it. Yeah, I love Dave Grohl. You love Mark Lanigan. That's like, my these are some of our if, favorite if, people. And I'll just go still... listen to Mark Lanigan though. I like I won't I won't listen to Queen. I just they don't they don't scratch my itch. And and I think the um the responsibility um lies somewhere in the middle between myself and <laughs> Queens of the Stone Age, in the sense that I don't I probably haven't done my due diligence to listen to them honestly and openly. But also they haven't for me at least there's nothing that they've done that that i've listened to that really grabs my attention and makes me want to go listen to their other several albums so i don't know i think eventually no i don't even know if eventually because the problem too ethan um we run a page called grunge bible right but my musical interests far and away exceed and go outside of things that are related to grunge and grunge makes up a small majority at this point in my life it makes up a small minority i guess of what i choose to listen to like i don't listen to that much grunge so if i'm exploring different music it's probably not going to be queens of the stone age or velvet revolver i'm just interested in different areas at this point so i think it's just a casualty of that that i that i I don't listen to them and I, I'm not really um, lining up at the door to uh, to go and no. listen to um, 2007's Era Vulgaris from Queens <laughs> of the Stone Age. It's just um, it's not on my agenda. So why? What, what do you think? Um, have you have you listened to them? Like what? Where's what's there's the temperature? There's something I'm trying to I'm trying to put into words. There's something about like it's there's I love rock and roll. I love like punk. I love like the really edgy stuff. But then I also like when people slow it down and have like, but the Queens, I feel like they, they fit in this category that I do not like. And it's almost like this, it's like, I like, it's almost like when sometimes, sometimes I don't like the Black Keys, right? Okay. And sometimes I don't like the Queens of the Stone Age feel like, like when they probably, I don't know how to explain it. It's like the jazz, it's like a jazz infused rock and roll that I don't, it's like, and it's very drivey. And there's something like I don't love like some sometimes Dave Grohl puts out stuff and it, I don't I don't like it. It's very it's, it fits Same. in that category. And I'm not sure how to explain it, but I feel like Queens of Stone Age is that category for me. No, like, that makes sense to me. I feel I I respect the players. I sometimes I just the music's just not for me. Yeah, and sometimes and maybe it's also because like just because there's a bunch of maybe maybe there was just too many big players involved. Like I don't I wonder how that writing went or you yeah. know if they had to compromise and they kind of you know, kind of got like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And and something else that I'm fully, I'm fully willing to accept as being true is, is maybe we just don't get it. Um, yeah. You know, like maybe grunge Bible just doesn't get Queens of the stone age and, and it's, it's completely on us, but I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm okay with that. I agree kind of, um, a lot of their music 
that I've listened to at least kind of seems like a band that is one thing attempting to be another thing for all people. <laughs> they end up being nothing for nobody. Exactly. So I, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, we're, 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 we're climbing into the area here where we're talking directly out of our butts about. Yeah. This now, band, yeah. Now we're just, now it's just la- it's, laundering. Yeah, it's, it's verging on slander and and, and 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 sacrilege here but i don't know i mean maybe if you guys if anyone out there has a suggestion for a queen's song that you are willing to bet will get us into them please send them our way because yeah. we we need a life raft or more importantly if you're out there and you think similarly to us and you can put it in words better than we can yeah. please write that together. up Please write yeah. that up and we'll read that. We'll read why Queens of the Stone Age just doesn't do it for people. Um, and I think, I think uh, you got like a bunch of like players that want to like do their own thing, but they all have to kind of like do the thing together. Find a consensus. Find which a consensus, which may, yeah, which may like kind of tamper some parts. And I think that's maybe where, yeah, I don't know. Like I yeah. said, if, if you have one of those two things that Chris and I just said, please reach out to us. Yes. And now we we'll need, shut up. We now we'll shut up. You. Now we'll shut up and talk. Do the same thing for Velvet Revolver. Yeah, we're gonna do the exact same thing with <laughs> Velvet Revolver. Um, I don't know that I could possibly know less about a supergroup that I probably, <laughs> being half of Grunge Bible, should know more about. But it's it's compounded by two things. Um, number one, it's most a lot of Guns and Roses. <laughs> most which, importantly, it's <laughs> a, a lot, lot of Guns, guns and roses. roses. I mean, you have you have you have Slash, Duff McKagan, Matt Sorum, and Dave Kushner. <laughs> alongside scott wyland now I, I love scott wyland i love stp i love some of the solo stuff that uh that scott did but it just seems like these these people got together and they made safe music does that make sense and i don't even know if that's necessarily a valid critique or something that i should be mad about but like yeah. all the pieces is their most popular song that just sounds like i'm gonna go into the studio and make something that's super safe and that yeah. that people people will digest uh very very quickly it's it's a, it's it's the it's the uh, the simple carbohydrate of rock music. Mm, yep, and maybe and that's probably because the large large part of the band is obviously Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, which I, that, <laughs> that's the safe. thing. I don't think I'll ever be unbiased because I just I don't like Guns N' Roses. Um, although I have to say the the most tolerable part of Guns N' Roses to me is is Slash and and who Slash is. So, but I mean the the deck is stacked. The deck's really just stacked, and they released they only released two albums and. I think it was like 04 and 07 they came out and that's I it just it was in a weird no man's land for me. I was I was too young then and then by the time I was old enough and getting into this music, I would just go and listen to the Stone Temple Pilots or I would go and listen to other safe rock music from the 70s or something. I I don't need to go and listen to Velvet Revolver. I certainly don't need to go and listen to Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> I know. I'm wondering if I'm wondering I had to pick who I would listen to first because I feel like I'm almost for some reason maybe it's Josh Homie that I really don't want to listen to Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> maybe it's just him that we just don't like either. He trumps everybody, whoever else is in the band. We just don't yeah, wanna... like if, if if he's in there, which makes sense. I I, I didn't I didn't love no. We didn't want to we didn't want to air it out, but we we hate Josh Homie. Yeah, we don't, a... we don't like we don't like Josh Homie, which which stinks too because he was a touring member of the Trees. <laughs> yeah. Um, in uh in towards the end of their end of their time in the in the mid to late 90s i don't think he played on the dust album 
uh, which is which is a good thing because I do like that album. So hopefully that was a no speaking Josh Homie zone. Speaking of Josh Homie and another one of Dave Grohl's bands, I think we should bring up Them Crooked Vultures, which is Josh Homie, uh, Dave Grohl, and then John Paul Jones from uh, from Led the Zeppelin. The Mighty Zeppelin. Yeah, and uh, Led Zeppelin. Another band, like I said, this is one like Dave Grohl. Like I feel like he did Queens of the Stone Age, Them Crooked Vultures. And uh, wasn't there another one? And they're just kind of all, you know, they're all the same to me. And yeah. then yeah, you so know, throw in. here's the thing, though. Them Crooked um, Vultures had a, had, what was their one song that I did? One of their songs was pretty good. But you can always get one. M- Mind know? Eraser, No Chaser. Is that the one you're thinking of? Ah, hold on, let me look. Well, that this is the thing. Is that and, their and, best and, one? And, <laughs> yeah. No, no New and, Fang. And, new Fang is okay, their one that everybody, everybody knows. Yeah. Yep, I got you. And, but and pretty- while we talk about this, um, I, I would like to say that... Um, Ethan, I think I can speak for you here. We we try to uh, we try to keep the gloves off here. We try to uh, give an unfiltered, yeah, unadulterated, honest. honest perception. So I just have to say it. I didn't know. I didn't know who was in this band. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I didn't uh, know. I believe you, dude. There's that happens a lot, dude. You, say there's bands that pop up, and you're just like, holy shit! Like, yeah, I did not know. I, I'm. I don't blame you. I understand because. It's like Dave Grohl's fourth band, you know. I mean, like you know, he's doing. You think he's doing one with one music, one with one group, and then all of a sudden he's got his another group. So you know, yeah, and, the, and then the foos musically are all over the place too. So I mean, there's so many, there's so many places I can go to get my Grohl. I'm probably not going to go to them Crooked Vultures for exactly. my for my serving. So I'll, yeah. I'll go, I'll go listen to something else. I mean, there's there for me at least. There's plenty of Foo Fighters discography that I haven't taken an intentful listen to. Um, so I'm going to go there before I go to them crooked vultures or the little bit of time that he was in the Queens. Um, it's just, it's just where I stand on these things. Um, but I don't know. It seems like the one ingredient that, that kind of turns us off is, uh, is Josh homie, I guess. I don't know. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Um, all right. To kind of step back into some other, some other maybe super groups that played a little bit, maybe just features and stuff in the albums, but people, I think we need to mention like, other basically side projects for people like we got brad who i know that you've you spent some time listening to brad correct i I do like brad yeah stone gossard and uh and the late sean smith uh and they were also in satchel together too there's a lot of bands like this is once again this is why all of this is completely arbitrary like i have positive opinions of these bands but i don't think i've necessarily listened to them more than i've listened to the queens for example Um, right it's just right just the way the way it shakes out or then there's there's one I was looking up that that I wish it had a little bit more. I've never listened to them. I didn't know it was a band until I looked it up. But have you heard of Eyes Adrift? <laughs> I've never heard of Eyes Adrift, Ethan. <laughs> it's it's Chris Novoselic's side project with with a uh, Kirk ex member from um, the Meat Puppets, Kirk Kirkwood, and then okay. the drummer from Sublime, Bud Goff, and. Um, See, this is what we're talking about. It's, it's impossible. Sublime meat puppets and Chris Novoselic in a band. <laughs> like, how did I not think of that? How did I not did know I that not that would happen? It's just, it, it's completely ridiculous um, in the best way possible, because I think it's awesome that all of these people collaborated, but you, it's impossible for, for me to know. I, I'm just not going to know these. I mean, they're, they're like- Class um, of 99. Class of ninety nine. That's another one. Was that was that like Lane and Tom Morello or something? Yeah, Lane, I think they Tom Morello, the and then a few people from Porno for Pyros and Jane's Addiction. And which Porno right. for Pyros and Jane's Addiction? Like you know, that's both 
Perry Farrell's bands. Exactly. So, um, see, and there's another area that I yeah. haven't done my due diligence in. So, I'm going to listen you know, to Porn um, for Pyros or Jane's Addiction before I listen to the class of 99. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know uh, Hater, the band Hater, which is drummer <laughs> Matt Cameron and Ben Shepard, who, like, played along, you know, uh, a couple other people. But, like, it's, you know, the rhythm section for <laughs> Soundgarden making a band. Oh and, uh, and there's another one, Ethan. I forget the name of them. But um, I believe Kim Thiel and Chris yes. Novoselic got together and did something for a, like I, they did one show and it was like a punk band. I um, think I did. See I don't that. I don't remember their name. I was looking at it earlier, but this is exactly the type of thing we're talking about where you could just be spitballing and, and just playing Seattle musician bingo and you could put together a random roster and chances are they've shared a stage together. They've played. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, like, like it's Mike, like when we Mike did Watt that. has played with Eddie Vedder and Dave yeah. Grohl. Like, what does that count? Yeah, I think um, I think I found it. Was it um, Truly the band Truly? It was Hero. Uh, you know, Could yeah, have been. Hero and uh, Kim. Let's see, I don't know. And then oh, is it Mark Pickler? I don't know, dude. There's Mark Pickerel. Yeah, he yeah, was Pickerel. the original. He was an uh, early drummer. member of the Trees. Yeah. Dude, I don't know, Prior man. to Barrett Martin. That's the thing. There's so many. And it's funny. We did that. We did that, like, um, you know, build your own set list. So we can build your own band. And if we did build your own band, it's, it's probably a real you band just, out there. You just there. unknowingly Alice re- Mudgarden. We already, a yeah, super group. Okay, we, we need to talk about Alice Mudgarden. And um, right, right turn. That was, yeah, right right turn off of the SAP EP. Um, that is that is one of the greatest yeah, pieces that's a, of music. Yeah, that's we, a good we, one. That gets the seal we, of we, appreci- we, we appreciate that one time. I mean, you get uh, Alice, then you get you get Mark Arm and Chris Cornell. The last like, I mean, 45 that is, seconds. That yeah. is grunge. That's, that's grunge. A, that, you got Mark Arm, so you're good. But then you add in those two. I mean, that's... Yeah, send that one out for the aliens to listen to. when uh, there's, <laughs> there's a space capsule out there somewhere, Ethan, that's got a, uh, got a gold-plated record on it with a bunch of uh, informational shit about Earth. Uh, they sent that out there in the '70s, but if they sent that out now, we gotta, we would have to get a get right turn on there. The last like 45 seconds of that thing, or it's like a crash course in all things that are good about Seattle mm-hmm. grunge music. Yeah, we we like Alice Mudgarden. We also like the Gutter Twins with uh, Greg Dooley and Mark Lanigan, <laughs> or at least I like the Gutter Twins. <laughs> I do too. Never, I've never listened Greg to Greg of them, the Afghan Wigs and and Mark of yeah. uh, all of the things that he did. But I mean, there's there's just so many in this. Um, in this arena um and then it's kind of funny because you follow this this wormhole and you eventually you start to think about other bands that have nothing to do with the genre that were also super groups and uh did some really good things so ethan do you have any uh do you have any favorites outside of the realm outside of the genre that come to mind of of super groups or notable collaborations so we yeah we're talking so collaborations as far as like a full album or like could be whatever you want yeah um see it's it's like now i feel like they're called collaborations and not necessarily super groups because i'm thinking like courtney barnett and kurt vile have an album together together and like they're two separate album you're right yeah it's a collaborative album it's not really like you know or better um bocc better oblivion communities uh yeah center and with Phoebe and uh, Connor, Connor Oberst. Oberst, yeah, and that's exactly. one of my that's one of my favorite. Albums. That's like my favorite Phoebe. That's like I mean, she, I like her all of her original stuff too. But like that album is so complete for me, and just such a good. Like it's my favorite piece of work that I think either of those people have done yeah. and it's together. You've, you've, have Have you listened to much of Connor's Bright Eyes stuff? Or yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I I do, I do like it. Um, mm-hmm. but 
Yeah, I, I have you. Yeah, I, I have not not as it's much good. as I've listened to the the Phoebe side of the world, but you make an interesting point. Like I, I've never really heard any of these referred to as supergroups. It kind of no. seems like the term supergroup is re, is reserved, um, and I don't think rightfully so, but it seems like it's reserved for rock musicians and yeah. rock rock men. It seems like it's just all like you don't you, you don't hear about this the only one that i've ever heard referred to as a supergroup would be uh the mighty boy genius with uh yeah. julian baker lucy dacus and phoebe bridgers um i've heard i i've seen some press where they've been billed as a supergroup in reviews yeah. and stuff and i mean they they are super and they are a group so that yeah. gets, do, gets and do they have mark. i mean because they all have bodies of work on their own and then they right. come together and, and do they just have uh one album or do they have they just have multiple? one ep that they released in 2018 yeah. they did a super short so tour uh, so it's just it just fits fits right in with uh mad season and exactly. temple of the dogs this is the so. one off we did this and then you know maybe they'll, maybe super, they'll keep going busy. and move into the realms of audio slave where they have four <laughs> three or four I, albums I, I i hope they do i mean they're all they're all really young and um yeah, we um we here I at think Grunge I, Bible I, really like all of those musicians, and I've seen I I haven't seen Lucy Dacus yet. I'm, I have oh. I have tickets to her show. Uh, it was canceled a couple of weeks ago. I'll see. I think she's coming coming through in July, so I'll check the last one off the list. But I've seen Phoebe and Julian live, and they're yeah. they're really really incredible. Yeah, and I think I get, like we were talking about it's more collaborations and features. You know, people people collab and and yeah, feature all the time, and they get them to yeah. come in on one. Um, but as far as like lasting, I don't know if it's because maybe people don't want to commit to, I don't know, or they want, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, who it's, knows? it's interesting because uh, another one that comes to mind for me is um, I don't think they ever did anything in the studio together, but they toured extensively and they released a live album uh, as a kind of a uh, result of that tour. But uh, Jimmy Page uh, toured with the Black Crows in the late 90s mm. and uh, they had released a live album. It was, it was really, really good. Oh, Their I sets... got a great one. Yeah. Sorry, I got finished. Your... I just thought of one because no, I, I want to finished... hear yours. Fuck my story. The Dead and Company. Yeah, yeah the Dead exactly. And, the Dead and Company is literally like probably the biggest super group because it's combining the Grateful Dead and John Mayer. Yeah. And I don't know, there's probably some other members in there that are from other groups that I don't know because there's a ton of them. But yeah, they've all been in everything. But people, together, but people, seems. I mean, that's very obviously very highly regarded because you got two massive fan bases yeah. coming to, coming together. Yeah. And, and there've been a lot of projects over the past that just as a, as a fan of music history, not necessarily a huge fan of these bands or their outfits beforehand, you look back and you're like, wow, that was really cool that that came together. And, and I think about the, um, the traveling Wilburys, for example. Yep. Um, yep. I mean, it was, it was a petty Dylan, Roy Orbison and, um, uh, Excuse me, George Harrison. George Harrison. Um, <laughs> Can't forget him. I mean, that, like the fact, like uh, as a music fan who wasn't alive when when they were when they were an outfit together, you you hear about all of these people, and then you find out that they created music together. Like, wow, that's really cool. The same thing goes for um, the Highway Men in, in in country music when you had uh, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, and Chris Christopherson. Um, it's it's just really cool to be able to look back like wait that happened or those people got together and made music it's like a it's like a fantasy draft where you're just putting together an all-star team which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't but um don't forget you got ed vetter and the earthlings which is basically the chili pepper you got chad smith (laughs) and josh klinghoffer and then ed vetter and um who's the other one andrew watt um yeah from jane's addiction or whatever and was Alan yeah. Johannes with them for that tour, or um... uh, I think 
or Glenn I Hansford. So. I, I can't remember. Um, I mean, that was so recent too, but uh, yeah. I d- didn't get a chance to see the earthlings live, oh. unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love this kind of stuff. I mean, if it were, if it were up to me, I, I, I wish, you know, people would do more of this and would do it, it is all fun. the time. It is a it's lot of fun, fun. Like to see, like, I think going to groups and seeing yeah, music history come together is great. Um, but I do think it was similar, like going talking javelin, you'll, you'll understand this reference, but like there was a really high level javelin thrower in Taro Pikamaki and he changed his coach and it was Jan Zelezny, the world record holder. And they're like, oh, Taro's going to throw 100 meters, but it didn't work out because they're two top-of-the-line best throwers of all time, and just because they're the best doesn't mean they can work together. So I think that, you know, when that can happen, like Queens of the Stone Age and Velvet Revolver, just, cause you, <laughs> just because each member is supremely good, like, I think that... Um, you know, sometimes the product doesn't doesn't do it for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, and, the di- and the dynamics are definitely different too. And, yeah. and there's another anecdote that speaks you're to so this too. You're so used to something for so yes, long, exactly. And and just I, I think when you have you enter into a room with somebody and you have a lot of respect for them and you don't want to overstep and you want to be super respectful and then nothing really ends up getting done. Um, so right now I'm I'm rereading Mark Lanigan's memoir, Sing Backwards and Weep, and um, I think it was in either ninety or ninety one. Um, Mark and Kurt Cobain had planned and went into the studio to record a Lead Belly blues cover album. Mm. Um, and nothing ever came of it because according to Mark's account in the book, they were just so deferential of each other because Kurt had admired Mark's music for years. And Mark thought Kurt was just the biggest genius in, in, in the zip code. And, um, nothing really got done because they didn't want to, nobody really wanted to take charge because they didn't want that to be viewed as an affront to the other person's creative mm. abilities or whatever. And, and I think that's definitely something that you risk too. And, and even in, in, yeah. in terms of sport too, because when you have so much respect for somebody, you don't want to be like, Hey, no, like that's not good. We should do this. Or, Hey, have you ever considered this? Or, and you, you don't want to, you don't want to pirate their ideas too, because you have so much respect for them. So yeah. I mean, for these things to work, um, or it's just really being impressive. So, really, and being really so, impressive. just being so far into your career is tough to change, make changes. Like yeah. it's not an easy thing for, for people in general, but just older, like, you know, older in the career when you're set. So it's difficult. Yeah. yeah it's, it's really interesting, but I mean, as, as, as far as the grunge genre, um, is concerned. I think we've probably seen our last supergroup formations. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I don't know that there'll there'll be more uh, coming down the chute here, but I you mean, never just, know, though. You never yeah, know. Just as a general music fan, there seems to be a lot of that um, kind of communal aspect in indie music right now, and a lot of different subsects yeah. of uh, of indie music, which I know you and I are are, are big fans of. Uh, so I, I just really, I think it's really cool when people decide to get together and create stuff and collab. I, I love yeah. that stuff. I think it's super cool. All right. So next uh, one, one, one thing before we go to our song of the week and then we'll wrap this up. I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you three bands that they didn't collab and they didn't, there's not a super group, but they just changed their name and they have, you know, a side project because, you know, the thing I was saying about like yeah, side project, super groups, you know, just covers that people play and you could do, I mean, shoot, if we tried to do an episode of, like, the best covers, it would be impossible because... Yeah, oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine the stuff that we would miss? And We would have we would have to record for 12 hours, and we'd still <laughs> miss most of them. Um, so, I'm going to give you... I'll give you th- and the name of the band, and, and then you have to say what their original band 
is basically you know okay and the first one's gonna be really easy because you you said it to me and i actually forgot about it, but the first band would be ugly casanova yeah that's and, the modest mouse side project which we yeah, all around we these love. parts we love and adore and so that's an, that's an example of something where we've we've kind of went through the you go through the discography of modest mouse and you realize that they have a side project and you're like new it's music a, and you're like gem. hell yeah. yeah it's great it's awesome i love i love when that happens Okay, the next band is, let's see if you can get this one. This is like early, um, this is like high school stuff, high school bands, alt-rock, okay? Uh, Boxcar Racer. Do you oh. know who Boxcar Racer is originally? As soon as you say it, I am going to know it, but I don't know it right now, so I need you to say it. Blink-182. Yes, yep, you're right. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. So that's another one. I really liked them growing up. I remember finding out Boxcar Racer, and it was like all this, you know, some more uh, Tom DeLonge and whatnot. And Tom DeLonge has Angels and Airwaves, which is really good. I was I that, was going to mention first, Angels and Airwaves. Yeah, his first his first the first album, The War, is really good. I love that. It's like I think it's some great writing by him. Some very atmospheric stuff, some alien stuff. You know. Okay, this is the one I was laughing about earlier. So let's see if you know this one. This is a good one. Um, Foxborough Hot Tub. Foxborough Hot Tub? Like Foxborough, Massachusetts? That's close to me. That's like... Foxborough Hot Tub. Who is the original band? That sounds like a made-up band name, so I'm going to call they your all bluff, are. Ethan. You're lying. Oh, you calling <laughs> my bluff. They were, they were fronted by Reverend Stickrin, Twitch, and Frosco Lee, which are also stage names because... You're definitely making this up. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. This well, who is, are they? This is Green Day. No shit. <laughs> yep, Reverend... Reverend Stickrin uh, Twitch is uh, Billy Joe, Billy Joe's uh, stage name, and there was a quote. There was a, and I was reading about. It, I was kind of confused. I remember hearing this, so they would just you know build themselves and change their names, so then people would be surprised when they get there. And it was Green Day, mm-hmm. and uh, I was laughing earlier because there was a quote by Billy by Billy that says the only similarity between Foxborough uh, Hot Tub and Green Day is that we're the same band. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's like um, that's the only a, that's similarity like is that they're the same. <laughs> that's like a quote. Um, my high school health teacher used to say this all the time, and he used to say, "He's like, you know, you and I are exactly the same, except we're entirely different." <laughs> that's like <laughs> everything is different except for the fact that it's the same band. And we're not the same person. Yeah, I I love that a lot. Um, yeah, no, and 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 this exercise kind of got me to think of. There's a couple other side projects not necessarily super groups that come to mind but you had mentioned the black keys earlier and uh dan auerbach yeah. uh, created the arcs and then patrick carney did drummer which um yep. mature I, drummer, is, is yeah. a song of the week alum with mature fantasy i believe mature fantasy and then, that's it yeah drummer yeah and then i mean i think when you all talk drummers about, from the from bands yeah, yeah that's that fires cool. me up and i think when you talk about the black keys you have to talk about the white stripes too and uh, yep. the rack contours which was uh which is a jack white thing it's just um, you know, just bands and, and, yeah, and projects. There's, there's and, a lot of limbs on this tree that we can climb so, onto. It's really so. It's really cool, actually. There's got to be I some Reddit. Cool. There's got to be some Reddit stream of like of bands and where they came from and the members. And I'm just, just picturing the um the it's always sunny meme with like the crime board right <laughs> yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pepe Silva, Pepe Silva. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's going on in my head. Like, there's no possible way these could be connected, but. They usually are. And then boom, Josh Homie's in all of them. And, and he's in all of them and he ruins all of them for us. Well, Ethan, I think it's safe to say he will not be a future guest of the podcast. I don't think he'll come on at this point, which. We'll leave, it, we'll leave him in the waiting room. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, song of the week. Let's let's wrap this episode yeah, fifty three up. up. Um, I, I'll go first. All right, I'll go first this time because I have one. I, I've been. It's actually become. It's one of those things where obviously we have our different playlists, but we have our weightlifting playlist that me and you talk about. And you sent me a really good one earlier this week. I mean, one that we that's probably on the list, but the slaves and bulldozers uh, live from. Uh, where was that? Wim? Uh, is like it Wim? Paramount or something? Paramount? I don't know. Is that Incredible. The, the 15 minute version one, like the super yeah. long one where Chris yeah. comes in, he's like, this is your last, this is your last. Yes. That's yeah. so good. I, lo- I loved that. I listened to that um, yesterday. Yeah, I did too. Um, so it's not that, but, um, so yeah, <laughs> oh, the, 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 <laughs> it's not that, but the list, the list has, uh, has been, you know, not the same over the years, but you know, it's, it's hard to, but I've added one recently because, um, it's an older song that I really liked, yeah. but I just had never really listened to it while lifting. And then I realized, but I'm going to put on. Hail to the King by Avenged Sevenfold. And this song oh is goodness. so badass. And it's just like, I mean, I don't know. Have you listened to Avenged Sevenfold all that much? They're kind of heavier. I have a little and, bit. I, I went into like a, like a quarter phase once where I was, yeah. was kind of kind of seeing what they were about back in and the day. They and they are quite a unique band. They've, had, they've, they've lost some of their members and uh, Sinister and... Uh, you know they have such a dark they have they have some crazy music like it gets really like it's almost like it's really spooky at times and they got yes. this like it's super like long and it's really weird but then they have some really heavy stuff and they're a pretty interesting band i i uh, i, I want to listen to i want to listen to them more drew our producer he he's probably gonna um call me stupid because he loves them and he can talk about them a lot more than i can because he was a huge fan of them we would jam yeah. them and and whatnot so yep. yeah, I'm going Hail to the King. That's a great song. And it's been helping me get through my squat workouts recently. Nice. I like that. All right, you're up. All right. Well, um, my song of the week is actually hot off the press. Um, Ethan, we're recording this on Friday, March 25th. And uh, this album was just released today, Friday, March 25th. And that is the new album from the band Camp Cope. Um, mm, they're nice. from Australia. They're a three-piece from Australia. Um, I forget. Somebody suggested them to me like two or three years ago and I fall in love with their music and they just released an album today called uh, running with the hurricane. Mm-hmm. And um, I am fortunate to have a vinyl copy of it along with a t-shirt and I think a keychain in one of those little bundles uh, on its way to me as we speak. Uh, so I'll be excited to break that one out and, and spin it sometime. But my song of the week comes from that. Um, it's not, not, I think they released three or four singles from it before the album dropped, but um, I listened to it a couple times today, front to back. And uh, there's a song on there. It's super slow, but it's called The Screaming Planet um, by Camp Cope. Uh, I'll, I'll lock that in as my song of the week. Um, not necessarily for this song specifically, but just as a general recommendation that you listen to this album. Uh, I, they're a three-piece, and their bassist is really, really, really impressive with the licks that she's able to create. And she plays. she almost plays the bass like she's soloing on a six-string guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I really dig. I think that's super cool and creative and um, just a lot of like really shimmery chords and the drummer's great too. And, and the vocals are fantastic. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's uh that's my song of the week uh, right from the, uh, right from the, the new release pile. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm not surprised when you said you listened to it a few times through today. Have you actually listened to it multiple, multiple times through today? It's, it's yeah, only like I, 10 o'clock. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I woke up at five. Like, uh, I, today was one sense. of those days I was able to, I was able to sleep in a little bit past my normal five 30. So naturally I woke up before my normal. Before, yeah, before <laughs> yeah. normal. Yeah. My body, my body hates me. So 
uh, that this is what we're doing now. So yeah, I, I listened to it. It's a short album. I think it's less than 40 minutes. So I, I think okay. I listened to it three times. Nice. Um, I might do it again too. Why not? I'm definitely going to do it now that, it, now that I know it's out. I, I've, yeah, man. I've enjoyed getting into them and stuff and seeing some of the live. Yeah, like they're, said, they're on my the list. Is kind of, kind of pick. Yeah, yeah, she can rip. Um, they're on my list that they haven't, they haven't toured anywhere since before COVID, and I don't think they've been to the United States since like 2018 or something. So yeah, when they're when they when they're, if they if they're coming, I'm going. I'm I'm yeah. going to see them. So. If you're out there listening, we'd love to have you on the pod. How about that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've I've shared them before. They've uh, they've, yeah. they've commented and uh, yeah. and liked and and whatnot. So. I mean, that that's a natural progression. I mean, they're doing press with like NPR, CBS, Rolling Stone, Grunge Bible Podcast will right, probably yeah. be next. So. Yeah. All right, guys, that wraps up the 53rd episode. Yeah, um, that'll do it. It's going to come out on Monday. And um, we are recording interviews. We're banking a few. So um, interviews are coming. We have some awesome people coming on and some fun interviews. So hang yeah. tight. We're going to do some great stuff. Become a Patreon. Patreon on Patreon because you can win some free stuff. That's your last chance. And um, yeah, keep listening, keep supporting, leave us a review, yada yada yada. You guys rock. Yeah, you guys we, know all that you, stuff. We we roll. You guys rock. We roll. And yeah. And then Chris. No, that's that's pretty much the way it goes. Um, thank you for the last uh, hour, give or take, of your time. Uh, wherever, whenever you may be listening, we really appreciate uh, you giving some of your time, which is undoubtedly more valuable than ours. And, uh, yeah, we're just really appreciative that you're continuing to listen to this show and support us. So thanks. We love you guys. All right. Have a great week because it's on Monday. Have a great week and we'll see you guys next week. Rock and roll. Hell yeah. Yeah.